first step as a debut writer as I was then in in, in um, writing a different character, and I'm so glad I did because it's and we'll talk about it, but so much more depth and an interest and uh, and, and um, intelligence to be honest from <laughs> having a female protagonist and a male. Uh, hi, I'm Jo Venice, and I've written three uh, psychological thrillers. Uh, but my next novel is a, a crime novel which is called Dead Mile. I can't show it to you because it's not coming out until next year. So it's very good. Mm-hmm. Better than that. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I should say, uh, similarly to Leslie, I'm, I'm a big fan of both of your female um, officers. So clearly, uh, you know, clearly that's that's working to sort of answer our question in a very brief yes to can write female character. Um, and uh, and I was just going to, you know, sort of adding to it as what Lee said really. Um, the biggest struggle, my, all my main characters have always been female, but the one I struggled with the most was one who was American. And I found it very difficult to get <laughs> her head um, in, in, across that sort of cultural barrier. So maybe that's something that we can touch on later. Is, you know, it goes beyond just kind of male and female, I think. <laughs> that's not going to get annoying all day, is it? <laughs> Um, were there any specific challenges you had when um, creating and portraying female characters? Um, you know, as a female, are there things that you forgot that because we do them automatically? And then, obviously, as a male writing females, was there anything specifically that you really struggled with? Um, I think this is going to be very politically incorrect now, but I think there is a slight difference. Um, and it's just in tiny little things. Uh, for example, in um, I think it's in my first book. I mean, I, I kind of forget which one uh, different things happening because I'm, I'm currently writing the 22nd book in my series, uh, my Geraldine Steele series. And I think it's in the first book. And there's one scene where Geraldine has uh, been upset by something. Um, although she's a very professional and self-contained detective, she does have feelings and something has upset her. And she's sitting in a car, and she checks herself in the car mirror because she's actually been out all night. And um, she sees that her mascara's a bit smudged. And I'm not sure, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if that's the kind of little detail that might actually occur to a man. I mean, these days, maybe it would. Things are very different. I started writing that 15 years ago. Um, But um, basically, I think, as I said earlier, we're, we're just all people, and... I don't actually find any... I mean, I'm talking about it the other way around, really. I'm talking about it as a woman writing a male protagonist, um, how that feels. And it doesn't actually make any difference, because once my detective is off on the murder investigation, that's what takes priority in the books. And my detectives are people, and I write about them as detectives. And um, I actually, just as a little by-the-by, I find it far easier to write from the point of view of a killer, and I'm not quite sure why, but I think it's because um, I've never worked for the police, unlike Graham, who I'm sure could ride a coach and horses through through my books, but it's fiction. I mean, I do have a lot of, I do have quite a following on the police force, and, and they don't mind if my police procedure isn't absolutely accurate, because I don't write handbooks on police procedure, I write fiction, and you buy into it or you don't. But, um, so, uh, yeah, my, oh, I forgot what we're saying now. It's too early in the morning, I'm sorry. I'm not even leaving up at this time. Um, I think it's time to hand the microphone. <laughs> um, I, th- I think there is a difference if you're a bloke writing 
into that world because I think you know I mean I'd be really interested to see what because Graham obviously as a serving police officer you have had to do a lot of thinking about this professionally because actually weirdly enough the police have to be you know that it's one of those things where you have to get those things right far more than the, that you know being a, a journalist or something you know it's it's there but it's the scene from Seven Psychopaths isn't it you know Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell comes across Christopher Walken and, and you know gives him his, his script and and you know, and Colin Farrell goes to Christopher Walken, do you like my scripts? And he says, you write terrible women. And um, they're always, you know, they're always being beaten up and, and, uh, and you know, killed and stuff like that before they can even get word out. And, he's, and Colin Farrell says, well, well, actually, that's what I'm trying to do is obviously um, portray that it's a really hard time for women. He's making up as he goes along. But, you know, I think, I think that's, that's the thing. The default thing is that men do tend to write terrible women, so you have to think a bit harder about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, in fact, when I started writing Alexandra Cooper, he was my first one, I was actually quite in a funk about it, and I spoke to, um, I was on a panel with Leslie Thompson, Ellie Griffiths, and Susan Wilkins, and I said, help. And they said, to get it right, uh, you, they said, you can do it, it's fine, but to get it right, put women in scenes where they're only talking to women, and if you can make that authentic, then you might begin to unravel it. And I thought that was a really good insight to how to begin to do that. Do you know so what I mean? Have you done a lot of eavesdropping then? Well, you know, I, on the, on the, I grew up in a house of women, so I think okay. that was an advantage. My dad left the ha family quite early, so I, was, I grew up with strong women. I think that's quite helpful to have big sisters who can tell you all about stuff. Um, but I think, you know, you still need to... Con I think you do need to, if you're a bloke, you do need to constantly be rethinking it because we come from... A, we still come from quite a strongly male universe. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I was just thinking about that because I think, actually, it's less about... You know, I mean, I've said already that I think you both write, you know, believable, plausible women characters. And I think, you know, we are writers and, you know, our job is to be empathetic and to imagine ourselves in the, in the um, bodies of the people we invent, actually, and that's the other thing. And if you're going to invent a man and you're going to invent a woman, you're probably going to invent a stereotype. So, you know, it may not be that it may be that your, your female protagonist doesn't wear high heels or wear makeup or doesn't do various things, um, and equally with men. So when I'm writing about men, which is switching around, I guess, I'm, I'm thinking about their character as much as their physiology, um, but I'm also thinking about what they're, they're able to do because of their you know, society's roles. But I think also, you know, when men are writing about women, if we go to that, um, or when we're writing about anybody, we're revealing our um, beliefs and our ethical systems, I'll get to all that, but you know, often women, men are writing badly about women because they're not that interested in women. You know, then there might be a misogynistic streak in them. And so the women are stereotypical and don't play a big part and get murdered perhaps right at the beginning because that's usually used to be what happens. But I think a lot has changed and this is this panel is an example of it because, you know, you both um, don't fulfil the idea of the sort of, um, what's the word, you know, alpha male. That's taking the right way. You know, accessorising your orange. Oh, we'll let's go for a pint. Yeah. Yes. You're just happy in your skin, and he comes across in your books. He's just doing that. I'm passing on the bat on now. I'm going to say that's a compliment. You should do. Absolutely, you should do. Thank God. It's really interesting just. Um, hearing Lee say about the mascara bit, because I, I probably, as a male writer, wouldn't put that in my mind. 
groups because I would think, oh, that's a bit stereotype, you know. Or, you know, as a male writer, thinking, oh, you know, what would I do? What would I do as a, if it was a bloke? And you know, would it be all oh, a little bit of whisker that I'm not, you know, not shaped or whatever? But it's one of those details that I think a woman, a, a woman writer could get away with more than a, a male writer. I mean, I've got a brilliant um, pre-reader called. Um, Dyro Skilly, who used to be, used to do a similar role to me in East Sussex, so she was the Divisional Commander in East Sussex. And um, obviously she grew up through the organisation as a woman and, and, and you know, reached the same level as me, in fact, slightly higher than me uh, as a woman. And her experiences were so different from mine. You know, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a, a, a white, straight, middle-class bloke who, who, you know, I mean, it wasn't easy to get where I got to, but, but compared to her experiences and um, and, and the in, in, inner battles that she used to fight was nothing, you know. I mean, it was you know, walk in the park really. And um, she kind of was certainly bad for good, you know. I was making some real kind of schoolboy errors in, in in terms of you know what, what, where I thought the pressures came from for a woman. And and Di was saying, um, well, you know, I, I kind of grew up with a young family and a working husband and all of that. And um, she said, yeah, I got I got I got some misogyny and some sexism from. My male colleagues in the police, she said, but but to be honest, most of the m m m the biggest critic was, was myself. In that, I, she said, all the time I was at work, I thought I was a terrible mum, and all the time I was at home, I thought I was a terrible cop. Uh, and and this kind of you know, she, she just couldn't she couldn't sort of find find an even ground. And, and, and so she really helped me develop Joe Howe um, to to try and you know I wanted her to be a strong leader. I wanted her to. To, to, to be a little bit surprised about where she where she got to in the organisation like like you know like I was, um, but but also I wanted to have that turmoil that that women have that blokes don't have and, and I couldn't have done that on my own. I, you know, much as I would have tried, I would have made some assumptions that would have been wrong. Um, so I think it, I think you know certainly from my perspective, writing a writing a a, a, a woman as a central character needs a woman to help with that, needs a woman to, to, to be to be alongside me going, actually no, it doesn't work like that. And, and, and also picking up on some of the language as well, you know, she, well no, a woman, a, woman, a woman wouldn't say that, she would say this, you know, of course she would, you know, that's just the bloke digging into it. Picking up on that point though, that when a woman would say what a woman wouldn't say, I mean, you know, it kind of, that really, I think the concept of, you know, being a woman is such a broad church, there are so many different types of people within that, and that we almost seem to be touching on a debate that we're having with the whole society at the moment about what is a woman, how do we define a woman, and trying to reduce it down to one single thing, of like you have this or you have that, it's just so sort of reductive, it's almost like, you know, how do we define a, a continent with one word, it's like you can't, it's just too diverse a landscape. So it, it's, um, yeah, it's almost like an impossible thing. And going all the way back again to your point, you know, I suppose that's what we try to do as writers. We never sort of rely on the, the stereotype. It's like if you, can, if you can define just sort of one person's experience as, you know, a woman who is a cop, like you said, like your advisor, then that is authentic. And therefore it kind of, it counts and you can represent that. So I suppose you're always trying to just look for like the really, the authentic example within that within that whole sort of gamut of what you know what might be to be a woman, which is equally defensible. And I think that's why crime fiction is such a brilliant genre, is because we have to convince uh, as writers, you have to convince readers of something quite outlandish, really, that the murder rate is really high and you get serial killers in every room. And actually, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think they're all here. <laughs> 
But, but you know, so what you do is you have to build the edifice of things that they find believable. That's why we have to work so hard at that. And that's why I think it's really interesting when you hear Graham talking about all the details, he, he's, all the steps he does to make those characters right. Because we have to work harder than, than others. I think we have to, I mean, that is the magic of fiction, isn't it? That we will believe things that we know are not true. I mean, we will believe in dragons. We believe that James Bond manages to kill countless people in white suits who are usually Chinese, but he walks out unscathed and sails off with the girl. Readers want to buy into it. Read, readers of fiction want to be taken into another world. And as writers, I think our job is to give our readers enough pointers, enough signals, so that readers can create that world in their imaginations. And each of our books is different for every reader because it's that triangle, isn't it? You have the book, you have the writer, but you also have the reader. And People want to be taken into a different world. I mean, we, I, I believe that we need stories because they take us into another world and they give us, it's like a holiday from reality, which can be very stressful, it can be very tedious. And in books, we're taken into a, a different place, we're transported somewhere else. And I think readers want to go with us. And as long as we give them enough information, they will create that world for themselves. So I, I think we have to um, see readers as our partners almost in, in creating these worlds. They're very keen for us to take them somewhere. Um, I have one more question for my panel and then I'm going to open it up. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you have any questions... <coughs> Don't lose your voice. Oh, no, the last event, Jesus. Right. Um, are there any particular themes or social issues that you wanted to explore with your female characters? Um, I think one of the things, I'm going to broaden that out a little bit, one of the things that makes crime fiction so interesting is that it, first of all, it invites us to examine ourselves as individuals and we would think, how would I behave in that particular situation? You have a character in an extreme situation, how, how would I respond there? And um, the other thing that crime fiction does is to invite us to explore issues in society, to think about how we behave in society. So in each of my novels, I do tend to explore a different social issue. So one of my novels looks at the issue of gun crime, for example. And most people in possession of firearms are not evil master criminals. They're dysfunctional people. They're drug addicts, whatever. Um, one of my books, I look at the issue of homelessness, and so I spent a lot of time visiting homeless shelters and talking to people. And um, I look at different issues in my books, and this is something that crime fiction can help us to do, really. And I think it's very important that we raise these issues. I've got no answers, but I think we need to think about these things. Um, my first novel, Cut Short, my killer is almost as much a victim as the people that he kills, because he is a character who should not be out in society unsupervised. And in fact, I mean, this is a, another interesting question, but some people felt that my killer in my first novel was not evil enough. And of course, the more evil your killer is, the more readers are invested in seeing them getting caught. And you know, think about Hannibal Lecter, he's absolutely iconic. Um, but I think, yes, crime fiction does explore different social issues. And it's also great fun just coming back to the you know, male, female, the gender thing. You can play around with, um, with tropes and people do expect that there will be a, a young woman getting killed and the man will be the killer. And you can turn that around 
and you can set that up, and everybody thinks he's going to kill her, but then it turns out that she's the killer. You, you can play with readers' expectations, um, playing on all these, these gender tropes, but I think ultimately we are creating, or, or we're attempting, aren't we, to create worlds and hope that readers recreate them in their imaginations. I don't think that answered your question, but it is to... You need to put me on a panel after midday, and then I will be awake. Noted. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's always great to have another sort of theme going on that, that explores stuff. But, you know, and the whole thing about... Uh, I mean, almost your creation of your character is, is a kind of theme. I mean, like uh, Stella Darnell from the... Um, um, Leslie Thompson series, I think, you know, and it's about the eccentricity of characters, and it's almost like it, what, what Leslie does is create characters by their, they're taking a space in the world that is unexpected because that's what people are, and I think that's what, that's actually quite a political thing to say, you know, so Darnell's a, a house cleaner who becomes, you know, begins to try and clean up the messier things in life, including murders. Um, and I think, so there's a political act in every bit of choice, I think, in the, you know, there's an issue behind all, uh, how you choose your characters and things like that. In Dead Bridge, there's a, it's, a, it's um, like one of my heroes is, who's, who's the name of the, around the world, I always forget her name, she's, she's a great hero of mine. Ellen MacArthur. Ellen MacArthur, oh, no, it is Ellen MacArthur, thank you very much, thanks for my, uh, but you know, like, I think people like that are heroes and need to be, so if you choose that as a hero figure, you're actually choosing something that's an issue as well, because she's an extraordinary woman who did something on her own in that sort of world, which had been very male up to that. So you're, you're, you're making choices like that all the time. That makes no sense. It does. <laughs> it's character. You should be sitting next to me. But more to the point, I think that's right. I think, you know, making a point around, you know, we are, people are extraordinary and they're unique, and our job as writers is to show the, the uniqueness of them, the specificity of them. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's always a slight broad theme when I'm writing a novel that might be making just a point. I mean, in Dead Rich, you're sort of making a point about a fantasy that people can go into when, you know, they, they, you don't even have to go on a luxurious yacht to imagine what that yacht would be because it's going to be their fantasy and so that's what the yacht will be. Yeah. Um, and looking at what huge amounts of money can, can mean. Uh, in this case, I guess, broad, the broad theme, I guess, was secrecy and you've got children who keep a secret there's a murder and you don't know who did it, so that for a start is a secret. Um, but of course, I mean, the theme in itself doesn't dictate what you write, it just writes what you write. Um, um, I think as writers, we kind of, certainly this writer, and um, I know William, you know, we are exploring themes, um, but we're using a story to do that exploration. Yeah, I mean, likewise, I mean, you know, my, my books are, are absolutely sort of underpinned by, by those themes. So. Um, in, in Bad for Good, I explore um, what happens when police cuts are so bad that vigilantism takes over. In, in Cause of Hate, it's about far-right extremism and what happens when um, power goes unchecked. And in, in City on the Fire, which is the one out next year, it's all about um, in whose interest is it, is it to um, uh, cure, cure the drugs epidemic. And, and, and what I do is I, I, I superimpose that world on Joe and her policing and the city and crime. Uh, and, but, but, but what, I'm, what, what, what is, is kind of against her is, is narcissism, corruption, very often by men, uh, and it's about how Jo responds to that in a role that she didn't really expect to find herself in in the first place. So it, it's kind of almost like the sort of David and Goliath effect with, with, with Jo. But I think the themes are really important for me because they were themes, not those exact themes, and certainly not to the extent that I, I write them, they were themes that I very much um, experience when I was um, when I was working in the police here in Brighton, 
and, and, and it was kind of, okay, well, you know, no, no one else is, is writing from that perspective, certainly from that experience. Um, so it's kind of, it, you know, it's how those big issues actually affect, you know, people, day-to-day -day people, police officers, communities, the public, and, and, and how they can rack up the body count, and they definitely rack up the body count in my books. Not in real life, you're quite safe in quite well. You're reasonably safe in quite well. I'm not really any ownership of anything. It's not in the police anymore, so Jane Casey's good on that, actually, about about toxic men not being quite so toxic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, some mm -hmm. of her male characters are really interesting in that kind of way, and actually that fact that, that her her female characters are sometimes quite attracted to them, and I think she explores mm. that in quite an interesting way. Mm. Um, I'm going to lower the tone now very slightly because yeah, the, the theme that I wanted to jump in at the next book um, was to do with kind of. Um, Representing women, I suppose, at a certain age. So my character in uh, that book is, is kind of around my age, I'd say, you know, 50. I'm saying that so she has certain kind of, let's say, physical changes that are going on. And so the, the, the next book is set, um, it's, it's set in a traffic jam on Lodgeway, so the whole thing sort of takes place in a traffic jam on Lodgeway, and my main character has to solve a murder. And I thought to myself, well, solve the first thing that would happen to me if my car stopped at traffic jam on Lodgeway is that I'd start being weak. It's a really brilliant character because she has all the pressures of being a woman as well, trying to get back into her job and everything like that. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's the thing that, that, that I feel is sometimes lacking is the kind of the human world of what happens when people are solving crimes. Like, when do people eat? You know, when do people go to the loo? When do they, how do they deal with these kinds of things? It's not as easy for a woman to do that. I think at one point in the book, her male colleague says to her, well, can't you just kind of like sneak off into the trees? And she's like, I'm not it is it is quite an issue actually i've um i mean in in my series my detective have, yeah uh, my detective she's um she's very much a detective focused on her work that's all she does for 20 books and um then she becomes pregnant unplanned but she's quite happy about it but then, yes, the pressures of a woman, she wants to keep her job. She's completely focused on solving these murders. She also has a baby. And yes, it, it does, it is very challenging for her and very difficult. And I think this is a problem for a lot of women nowadays, a lot of young women, because women wanted it all. Women wanted to have careers, as successful careers as men do. They also want to have a family. And how do you do both? How do you manage both? You can't be a full-time mother and work full-time. 
And I think it's a very, very real issue for a lot of women. So that's another issue that I'm exploring. Can in I my just book, say, so. uh, we've just come back from Ledbury. We did an event in Valley Griffiths. And on the way, on the, in the motorway, in a slight traffic jam, we weren't completely, uh, we weren't moving a little bit. William set up the whole, for me, the, the set up of your next novel. Um, <laughs> when it sounded brilliant, it was a little bit too close to home. Yes. So on a motorway. But it sounds absolutely brilliant as a locked room, locked motorway. Story and yeah, the whole business goes to the on the we stop anybody to find somewhere to go. But I completely get that one. I mean, I'm tempted to say hands up all the women who've been in that situation. I'm going to do it. Yes, yes. But we can sneak into the bushes. We can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The bottle in the car. Yeah. I miss. I miss. I just spilled tea on my trousers this morning. Yeah. So yeah. That wasn't me coming you, down and having a. Well, you had a close. <laughs> what is that to be? Yeah, so there I, you are. There you have it. I do wonder how anybody could be could be could be thinking about a murder investigation when they're stuck in a traffic jam because I would just be obsessed. I need the little. I need the <laughs> Sorry, it's all right. Um, does anyone have any questions for these people? Um, Effie. You want to just shout out? Yeah, you're loud enough anyway. <laughs> I was a police officer, I had three young children and I worked full time. And I never ever thought I would want to talk, but some of my biggest critics were other women. Do we ever see that in fiction? Do we write about that? Because I think that's something I would like to explore. And I've not yet read it, but do you know of any? Or have you um, That is, yeah, I'm, I'm currently writing the book where Geraldine goes back to work. And, yeah, I'm going to include that now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I wrote, I wrote a male character, and he was always going down to dark cellars and things like that. And when I started writing a female <laughs> character, the moment she started going to dark cellars, I got letters of complaints. Oh, you don't get letters anymore, do you? And, and it was the, actually the women saying, oh, she shouldn't have done that on her own. She'd never have done that. That's not realistic. And I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I don't, I can't talk about it. I'm terrible when people ask me to list anything, I go blank. So I'm, I'm sure I have read about women being critical of women in those situations because that's absolutely, you know, Margaret Thatcher didn't have a single woman in her cabinet. You know, it's sisters and all that. You, we're not encouraged to be for the sister because we live in a very kind of male dominated, and um, well, I should say patriarchal society. I'm not going to start going down that road. They'll <laughs> have me running out the door. But women, you know, we internalize the feeling that we're, we shouldn't be doing this, we shouldn't be doing that. And if someone else does it, we're quite threatened sometimes. So it's not an unusual situation. Uh, and it's certainly worth exploring, I think, because it's people's experiences. And absolutely, I've heard of that in real life, but not in fiction. As soon as I leave this room, I'm going to phone Dara Skilly and ask her why she didn't tell me that. I guess so this book, and this isn't a crime novel, this is my first novel, um, and it's basically about a mum and her young children who were kind of left on their own to survive in the aftermath of a pandemic. It came out long before the pandemic, a different pandemic, but yeah. And I had some quite sort of vitriolic uh, response to this, because she's, she's not the most maternal mother and that was what I wanted to explore in it like for me the pandemic is just the sort of the background what the book is about is you know a woman that is not particularly naturally maternal and how she sort of grows into the role of becoming a mother how she survives motherhood quite literally um but I have one I can remember now one particular email that I received afterwards from this woman who was just so furious about the book and she said you know I felt like this could never have possibly been written by a woman that's got children and I looked you up online and I can see that you have children and I think that your children should be taken away from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was quite full on and I had yeah, I had quite a 
visceral reaction to that, which I think is a compliment. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 Any more questions? I was just going to ask, um, if you, in terms of geography of the UK, do you, do you think FEMA needs acts differently? So, for example, if a FEMA leader is based in Yorkshire, would you be surrounded by more mis misogynistic men? Or would it, would it be more gritty in Glasgow or in Brighton? Uh, how would they behave? Or would it just write regardless what the geography is? That's an interesting question. I mean, my, my detective um, started in Kent. She relocates to London, and she then ends up in York for various reasons. Um, no, I, I, I've just written my characters as, as characters. They're just people. I think, as I said right at the beginning, I think people really, once, once you get to know them, I think people are all the same, really. So I've not, that's not something I've personally taken into account. Maybe I should have done. It never even occurred to me. It's an interesting question. Thank you. I think, the, I think the interesting thing is, and that's a great question, is taking your characters out of their apparent, you know, where they used to be. So Stella, for example, is a Hammersmith girl, as indeed actually am I, but that's, I don't clean, that's where the, the difference <laughs> finishes. But um, she lives, in one of the novels, she, she and Jack are in the countryside. And so they're dealing with the geographical, literal differences. She likes everything to be clean, so she prefers pavements to muddy fields. But, you know, there is a fact, I mean, if, if you are amongst, you know, I mean, when I first moved to Lewis, um, there were no black people there, virtually any, and most of them would come from London for the day, and that was unusual. Um, so I think that taking into account what, where your characters are and how they respond to their environment makes for much more, a much more interesting read. Certainly for me it does. Return of the Native, which I failed, I, I failed my English A level the first time around, so I've read Return of the Native by Thomas Harvey a lot. That's all about how people are affected by their geogra geography and indeed by the attitudes of the people. Anybody? Oh, I've yeah. Just, I, I wrote a, a, a thing in the 60s, and obviously that's a different country. Mm. And, and uh, that was really great fun, actually. Exposed, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in the, in the 60s anyway, so I remember all the sexism and racism being completely different, and we've changed a lot since then. In some ways, we haven't. But that was great fun to play with, because you could play with it at a safe distance. You could actually say how, how it was. And it was actually really, I, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed writing the sexism in those pieces. Do you know what I mean? It's quite good to... Well, it was the experience <laughs> of the sexism that was yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fabulous question. Um, and, I mean, it's something for me to think about going forward. I mean, I, because my book is based in Brighton, I, I, I try and include some of the, the, the kind of the, the Brighton culture, so, so, so a lot more kind of diverse and a lot more acceptance of different different groups, but, but with pockets of racism, homophobia, and... Uh, and, and all those things, but but certainly it's it's really interesting to think about. Actually, you know, are women treated different elsewhere, or, or are, are there very different expectations on them elsewhere? Certainly, something to to, to think about going forward. We're getting loads from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. It is a really interesting one. The only thing I would add, really, to what everyone said is probably what I said right at the beginning, which is that I think I would actually feel really nervous about writing a character who was say from Yorkshire because I, I just I don't know. It's like it's unknown unknowns. I don't know what I don't know about what mm. it's like to grow up in Yorkshire. So I would just be really nervous yeah. about doing that. Probably more so than writing a you know a male character or a gay character or someone who sort of inhabits my world. And it's amazing what you can get wrong that way. I mean, I wrote a thing with this whole lot of scenes in, in Armagh, which is where some of my family's from, but I've never really hung around there. 
And I had somebody, this guy from Armand say, you've got lots of details right, you've got the names all wrong. <laughs> and they're so locally specific, the names there. And it's just like completely invisible to me. Yeah, I think um, for me, I think I have to go and spend some time in a place. Uh, we've spent quite a lot of time in York since my detective went there. Um, and um, in fact, I, I have one novel which is set in Seychelles, and yet we did have to go there for a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> because you can research a lot of things online, but I couldn't find out if the sand on the beach there was actually white or golden. What does it sound like in the cloud forest? What does it actually feel like? Um, but in terms of um, locations in this country, I don't think I would be able to write from the point of view of a character who had lived in an area all their life. Because if you live somewhere, if you grow up somewhere, you have a certain experience of that place that you cannot really gain unless you live there for quite a long time. But my detective moves, and so she goes to York as a newcomer to York. And that's fine. I could, I could deal with that because I went to York, spent a few weeks there, and then I had my impressions that my character then had. But to actually write from the point of view of somebody who's grown up somewhere, I think that would be quite probably impossible for me. I'm sure there are brilliant writers who could do it, but I don't think I would attempt that. I, I love that strict rationale for going to the Seychelles, don't you? There's all research. Dirty research. job, dirty job leaves. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Um, unfortunately, we're out of time, um, but these guys will be around. Um, the lovely cafe is selling books in the corner, so if you want to buy them, and then they'll sign them. And if you have any more questions for them, then you can ask them throughout the day. But can you give my panel a round of applause? Yeah, can we have one more quick round of applause for Donna, without whom this wouldn't even have happened?